All right, gentlemen. Um, I do say gentlemen because we have a guest on this show, uh, renowned uh, on Twitter, lesbian expert Dave of a podcast directed by. Finally, finally, I've been waiting to be on the show, a show where I don't have to do any preparation. I don't have to be professional. I could just say whatever comes to my mind. You should have, because you are going to defend your attacks on the lesbian community <laughs> and that they are not allowed to enjoy. I think <laughs> like a big lesbian following. Is that what you're like? Me and Jared obviously have a big lesbian following. So you're coming to the lesbian following show. Lesbian is not the same thing as having a lesbian following. Those are two. You're right. Our things. way is way more enjoyable. That's the only audience I want to cater to. From director Brian De Palma, master of the erotic thriller, comes a new suspense sensation. This top supermodel is wearing more than you think. Ten million in diamonds. This isn't a game tonight. People can die. Remember, no names and no guns. Go. The witch double-crossed us. She ran away with the diamonds. A little under four million. Not bad for a night's work, huh? Where are the diamonds? Got a wife, but no one seems to have a picture of her. So you want me to nail her, right? Nicholas Bardo. Speaking. He took a picture of Mrs. Watts. I don't think you realize who you're dealing with, Mr. Bardo. We know all about you. I have a past here. It only takes one photo. Are you flirting with me? Baby, there's one more thing we gotta do. She set me up for you guys to get me out of the way. That's what it's all about. Me disappearing. Two lives. The only thing missing is the ambassador's wife. Two worlds. Did I make you jealous? Jealous. Yes. One woman. I'm a bad girl. Real bad. So... We are going to talk about uh, Femme Fatale, which is, um, Dave, would you say a lesser De Palma, I guess is how it's known? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's also like a De Palma that like a lot of people don't even really know about. Like, it's it's not something that people would be like, oh, Brian De, Tom, De Palma, director of Femme Fatale. Like, that's not, that's not the first thing to come to mind, for sure, which... Uh, Maybe I'm it's sure unfortunate. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't want that either. <laughs> it's oh, funny because... You, the knives are out. Goodness. Yeah, calm down, Jared. That's what Fuddy Duddy Dave is here for. Like, you don't need to be a buzzkill about this as well. So this is coming for, I guess, people who don't know uh, Brian De Palma. I guess the height of his career in film circles would be... Um, the what mid to late seventies, early eighties, you get, uh, yeah. uh, sisters, carry, uh, blowout body double, uh, which are all certain degrees of trash with uh, a lot of titillation. So not, 
not dramatically different in tone from Femme Fatale. But the thing to me is this one comes out early November, November 6, 2002. So we are decades removed from maybe when the trash was in vogue. Uh, it's like the Stones playing Satisfaction, like going back, like this is what got me on top. Like I'm going to go back to the, the classics and no one cared. <laughs> no one, no one cared. And that is, and this is where you come in, Dave and Jared, you know, you can, you can contribute if you want, or you can just pull up some photos. This is with an opening sequence of Rebecca Romaine Stamos, I guess at this time, they are separated, right? Did they end up getting divorced? Yeah. Okay. So just Rebecca Romaine participating in a heist where, the key element for her participation in the heist is to seduce a naked woman who is only covered by uh, jewelry that doesn't even cover her nipples because the, the nips are out. At least one of them is like constantly like yeah. staring me right in the eye, staring me or, I, or my <laughs> eye is staring at the nipple. Um, yeah, I think that's more the case. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> No harm, no foul. I'm just being diligent in my film watching. Right. DePaulo would be proud. Yeah. Fine. She is to seduce this woman, and as she um, takes off her, I guess, uh, you know, gold, expensive medallion and, like, clothing, what, whatever you would call it, Dave. I mean, it's... I don't know why you're depending on me to give you the vocabulary. I mean, you're doing fine. That's Well, it's like... In some ways, like a, this already sounds ridiculous, but a De Palma movie usually does. But also, I think yes. the fashion industry is ridiculous too. So I guess I just go with it that uh, it's like this performance art. Like, look at these this incredibly uh, attractive woman dressed up with something incredibly expensive that makes no sense from a functional standpoint to wear. Nor does it make much sense <laughs> as part of a heist that our very attractive uh, thief. Played by Rebecca Romaine, you need to make out with her and get her naked in the bathroom stall. So, yep, you're saying you don't have your own nipple snake <laughs> that you wear. Out. <laughs> Did I wear in public? No. It's <laughs> just for the homestead, Jared. You gotta, mm. you gotta keep that uh, private. That's just for I me. Uh, or let's see. Uh... <laughs> or paying numbers. <laughs> yes, or if we have any Patreon subscribers that would like to pay us more to never post that on the feed, I can I, I can I definitely you. hold them hostage. I'll oh. do it, goddammit. So like you know what I admire about that opening scene, other than you know, two beautiful women together, which is always great. But I love that De Palma also like doesn't really make any effort to like make it necessarily realistic or have real interaction between them. Like essentially Rebecca Romaine just eye fucks this woman until she meets her in the stall. And it's like, let's go to town. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a De Palma movie. Like this is the only way this would ever happen. Okay. Let's get into that. Um, a little bit, Jared, this is where your expertise comes in. Oh, perversion. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Dr. Purvey's in. <laughs> I I don't think that I'm giving a hot take here um, mm. by saying that Rebecca Romaine is atrocious in this, is god-awful, is, uh, you know, it's, Wait, it's like... Yes, yes. Uh, or, because her or, body is sculpted of marble, sir, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the film 
rises to the occasion when they come up with any sort of nonsensical reason that she needs to disrobe, do a striptease <laughs> in a bar just to troll Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Checks out. Everyone, uh, everyone's dressed in leather in this movie. Like that's also like, there's, there's another issue I had with the film, uh, during that striptease sequence where, uh, there's an attempted rape where I guess the, the guy that she's teasing, um, some, He's had enough. some European <laughs> dude who sits stone faced while the greatest moment of his life is happening. Uh, this ungrateful bastard can't just accept the gifts of the heavens that Rebecca remains like, Hey, come over here. I'm going to get naked for you. He just has to then rape her. Uh, Antonio Medeiros comes to her aid. You don't really see the fight. And I think De Palma misses out on a chance at humor. And he usually doesn't shy away from kind of poking fun at the own, his own like sort of preposterous situations. Banderas and this guy are wearing leather jackets, like leather pants, leather G-strings, presumably. <laughs> and, like, there's a, a sequence you could have with these two guys having trouble getting to fisticuffs. Just getting Because <laughs> they're <laughs> draped in leather. Um, Jared, Valid. back to the pervert. I don't want to get into your territory with Banderas and his leather mm. G-string, but... <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Romaine is awful anytime she has to seem badass. And I feel like the film knows this because they try to keep her quiet for long stretches. But I think that only heightens the fact that whenever she has to do something like hold someone at gunpoint and start sassing, as you know, I'm a fan of on this show. I love movies with lots of sass. Didn't work <laughs> for me. A lot of cringe whenever she starts talking shit in this movie. Not a very, uh, Genuine bad guy, you say? Not uh, not believable if she's holding at you at gunpoint. <laughs> no. Slapping and, you in the face. And also, do the men actually even care? Like, can they feel threatened, or can they just be like, man, this is awesome, be close to her? Well, there's a certain <laughs> element of uh, scariness that's taken away when you disrobe in front of me. <laughs> Which she does for practically every man in the movie that she comes across. You say that until I, mean, I you gotta just... go out. I disrobe in front of you, Jared, with my nipple snake, and then you'll see. Then you'll know terror. Then you won't know <laughs> despair. Know fear. <laughs> That's my resignation right there. You walk out Buffalo Bill style with the nipple snake, and I'm done. <laughs> and I'll be like, you asked for this, Jared. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Merry Christmas, buddy. Well, what's, what's really uh, on your mind? Why are you trying to disarm me with your nakedness? <laughs> I actually don't know if there is a reason for that. Oh, checkmate. <laughs> There's something wrong with you, not me. I think if anyone's listened to the show, uh, that is a draw between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who has really uh, got a lot that's screwy in the head? Dave, Hi, who Rome. hates scissoring oh, between women. <laughs> Why, Dave? That's really why I wanted you to talk about this film. That's the whole reason we had this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, is there scissoring in this movie? No. No, and it's a lesser film. You can always De punch it up. On my side. <laughs> That's what De Palma really needs, is someone to come in and be like, you know, this lesbian action is okay, but you know... We can make this even better. Friction. It's That's probably really hard cool. to do these scissoring when you're like all geared up with the like... Uh, nipple snake that costs you, yeah. know, you know two hundred fifty million dollars or whatever ridiculous Ocean's Eleven thing they're going for. Uh, that was difficult. You know what else was difficult about this movie? Knowing what the fuck was going on. And I, but I agree, but did it matter? Like it, <laughs> it seems like, like a um, 
You can fill like, in whatever you want. It's happening in this movie. You get you get the information dumps in this film that are like, okay, it's like De Palma saying like we've had our jollies. We had the like <laughs> we spent a half hour in the opening sequence on two women making out. God bless him, American hero. Yeah. It's a it's a great introduction. But then it's like he's like, okay, this is a as Kevin Smith would say, it's like, oh no, this has to be a real movie now. It can't just be guys <laughs> talking about jerking off in Star Wars. We actually have to have to have a plot at some point. Sure. And you get these strange flashbacks, flash forwards, and I I'll just admit that I'm I'm an idiot and a pervert. So <laughs> at like one it. point, well, yeah, did you? <laughs> I mean, I think anyone that's listening to this show is just like, yes, please continue being yes. an idiot and a pervert, because otherwise you don't have a show. There's a point in the film where our thief, uh, you know, uh, international woman of mystery here is tracked down and thrown off a, um, uh, like a, a in, indoor hotel balcony, like in the atrium, and lands conveniently in on something soft for her. So she just is like concussed where these two older people think that they are her parents and she's a missing woman. Uh, okay. You see where we, uh, we're losing the thread. Like, I feel like our <laughs> listeners are like yes. nipple snakes, lesbians. In the bathroom. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so I was under the impression because they were so enthusiastic. that it's like, Hey, that's, that's a Lily. That's our daughter. That and she's a thief. I'm like, okay, so she, you know, she left. She's not been in contact with her family. She is actually this person, and she doesn't want them to interrupt her, uh, fucking gorgeous women and stealing money. Why would you? Don't do that. Fair. But then I got confused. Like we see her in the bathtub after they've like brought her back home. Quotation marks. And <laughs> they think she's the daughter. I think she's the daughter. Then the daughter walks in and shoots herself in front of Rebecca Romaine, who's doing this weird golem thing where she's like watching this woman play <laughs> Russian roulette, who looks just like her because she's also played. She's played by Rebecca Romaine. She just has dark hair, so it's like a it's like the worst, most confusing episode of Alias with Jennifer Garner, where I'm like, no, what, what is happening here? I thought this was her remembering her faking her death or faking her like, you know, running away. And she's just like, Oh yeah. So that's, this is reminds me of the day I was here. I didn't realize until the but end of the fucking you movie. Put, you, put thought, you put more thought into this than the screenplay did. Yeah. I mean, you really, you really went in on it. I did it. not realize until we get to the end where we go back to that moment where she interacts with this old, with this memory oh, no. that these were two different people. I thought like, okay, yeah, she's the same person. And now we're seeing like, we're catching up to the heist. So you can understand, like, I, I didn't really wow. understand what point in time we were in the film. See, I think uh, it's interesting that you bring that scene up in particular, because I did understand what was going on. But this is where I started to turn on the movie. Like, this is where I was like, oh, OK, it becomes like coincidence, the movie. And it's just like, oh, look, someone who happens to look just like her. And of course, like not only that, Dave, but looks just like Rebecca Romaine. Yeah. So yes. that that's I, why I just I thought like yeah okay it's the same person it can't be another replicant of Rebecca Romaine because only in De Palma verse does that actually happen <laughs> two women look exactly so, like that. So when you look back on this movie now putting together the clues of uh, what actually happened, 
How do you feel about uh, De Palma has been quoted as kind of talking about how difficult endings are. So what did you think about the the shocking twist at the end of this movie? I well, I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking twist to me because I was you know playing catch up with information that I guess I was supposed to already have. I kind of agree with you, Dave. I don't think it makes a damn difference either way. Either way, you're watching the movie. It's all crazy shit and nonsense. And it's not very good regardless. Whether you're keeping up with it or not, it's still a bunch of nonsense. So it's just and but the end of the movie did like really, really annoy me because I was just like because so much of this movie to me is like, oh, that's a coincidence. They better explain why these things are happening. And the and the explanation is like, eh, it's a dream. Which is the cheapest ending to well, anything. Like it's all a dream. Like like contextually, if it makes sense, I have no problem buying into a dream sequence being in a movie. Like, you know, if it fits for whatever reason, she can tell the future. If you explain it, you know, the right sure. way, sure, whatever. But this is just dropped in your lap. And from that point on, I was like, that's a rail of Coke if I've ever seen it in my life. Somebody <laughs> yeah. in a writing room ripped a rail. <laughs> Like I was, I'm watching this last twenty or thirty minutes in absolute horror. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" The light hits off the briefcase oh, and onto the bobble geez. in the truck. I was like, I, "Like I thought I've seen crazy shit before, but this is. I mean, it, it's almost awe-inspiring at how fucking batshit this movie is." Yeah, so we get to we get to do a thing that De Palma likes to do in previous films, which is see like a particular event from like all the angles. And this time he gets mm-hmm. to do it twice. So he goes through the, See, her um, diopter. Is that, is that what you're fuck. doing? Like it's, there's a lot. Shout out to grandpa Hiro who just lost his erection <laughs> at that terminology. Dave. <laughs> and as part of the continuity of the show of sober cinema, you know how hard it is for him to even achieve that. So you've really, We've we've pushed Hyro's uh, penis back so to twenty twenty one now to ever <laughs> feel anything again. Um, I didn't mind that as much as the the point of doubling back and sort of changing the events of things by having her interact um, with this person in her bathtub dream. Uh, that was actually real, and Mike thought Mike is thinking like, "This is so silly. There's no way this is real. This is There's all in her no head." No way it could be real. I was halfway uh, right. Sorry. It was in her head, but I didn't realize she was interacting with a real person as opposed to having a conversation with her past self. Nope. Um, <laughs> the the point of it seems to be so her and Antonio Banderas can live happily ever after. But yet, in the first go round, she seems to detest him except for the fact that he looks like Antonio Banderas and she reasonably is like, Hey, I'd like to fuck that guy. Right. I'm going to use him, but yeah. I'd like to have sex with him. Problems are twofold. Uh, pervert Jared one, mm-hmm. the sex sequence. When you have Antonio Banderas and Rebecca Romaine on screen, it stinks. It's not any good. And it's over with in a flash. <laughs> like where, where's that uh, terrible movie with uh, Angelina Jolie original sin original sin baby yeah that's the one Where the, the, the camera like floats above them as they're both you know buck ass naked going at it and it's like mm-hmm. the, the movie knows we got nothing else going for us but Jolie <laughs> right. and Banderas this is our moment <laughs> so we're gonna hang on this and you're gonna have to sit through a lot of boring nonsense I think Femme Fatale is not boring Probably because I watched it in a state of confusion and partially aroused at different moments. But when I get to the end and I'm like, wait, the whole reason to double back is just so 
Antonio Banderas, I guess, you know, we've spoiled the hell out of something that uh, it looks like nobody watched. Uh, made $16 million on a budget of 35 um, That's $16 million worldwide. It made $6 million U.S. And it's funny, in, um, on Wikipedia it says, this film was a box office bomb. Uh, but then it, like, someone on here worked for Femme Fatale. Maybe De Palma got on Wikipedia because it says, in North America, the film played very well in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Toronto, and Chicago, but played weakly in the midsection of the country. It's like, oh, wait, now you're blaming Middle America for making $6 million? Yes, it's just not a good movie. I mean, so you brought up this scene where she gets tossed over the railing. This is this is another moment where I was like, what? Okay, even if this is all a dream, it doesn't make any sense. This guy's whole job is to find this woman, track her down, and figure out where the money is. Instead, he decides he just gets pissed. to murder he gets pissed her. Too fast. <laughs> just like, what? He just throws her off a three-story balcony. And I'm like, I mean, the worst goon. lands on, I don't know, a sack of potatoes or whatever it is down there and wanders off with her fake parents. But it was like, seems like a bad move, man. The and worst goon in the goon squad. He always comes back and they're like, well, did you find the diamonds? He's like, had to kill him. And they're like, God damn it, dude. That's the fifth <laughs> one this month. <laughs> <laughs> How many questions did you ask? One? <laughs> where Where are the goods? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's just, and even like, there's all these like little moments in the movie where I was like, this, this movie is insane. Like the fact that the guy gets out of prison and it's like eight years later or whatever. And they just return the bloodstained like, clothing. <laughs> Like when I first watched it, I thought it was a mistake. Like I was like, "Wait, is this not eight years later anymore? Is this like the next day?" I had like, the same thought. They... I thought I was like, "Okay, clearly he just escaped." I'm like, right. "Oh, I thought he was seriously wounded." Uh, no, he went to prison for seven years, and uh, like all great prison movies, where they're like, "Here's what you came in with: uh, your disgusting, right. blood-covered clothes, Didn't even launder's clothes." <laughs> like, yeah, give that a quick wash. I know they have a laundry in the jail. Like, come on, man. Seven hey, years those of are him, mine. yeah, him making half a penny an hour, and they didn't even let him wash his own uh, clothes. That, um, you know, it's it's a weird movie in the sense that for this show, you know, Jared and I we watch a lot of crap. Uh, mm-hmm. and Jared can tell you the months where I've had enough. Cause I'm like, all right, only the classics. We're doing a month of only stuff I know for sure. I like, because I can't take any more new movies. It wasn't until the end of the film. You two, I realized I had seen this before. <laughs> Much like the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, exactly. You it was all a dream. Well, okay. <laughs> Let me, Wait, I've seen this. Let me defend and also, you know, put it, put out like there the, the obvious. The- is watching yep. Fatale. <laughs> yep. And it, I still was uh, confused. I, having seen it before, I still didn't understand what was happening. The reason was, um, you know, back before I was I was married and, uh, you know, I was, I was a man about town on the internet, I'm sure I looked up some of these sequences. Uh, uh, so, yeah, this would be the movie. best way to watch this movie, actually. This so, should be just a sizzle reel. <laughs> seeing the lesbian heist, I'm like, yeah, of course I've seen this before, and I I know how. I know, you know, young Mike was a, was a dirty old man, and he got on whatever uh, Sleb Jihad would be uh, Grandpa Hiro's uh, side of <laughs> Mr. choice. Skin Mr. Skin, then. probably more accurately. Um <laughs> But I didn't remember really any of the rest of it. Like, I felt like I had tapped out of the movie. Like, so when it got to the bathtub sequence, I'm like, oh, this is probably where I just stopped. Because I'm like, okay, 
I can't, you know, whatever I came for is over with now because we put Rebecca Romaine in the bathtub and clearly the movie has lost the thread because it's her watching a woman shoot herself in front. I'm like, this is not no longer titillating. This is just, yeah, this isn't it was that though. <laughs> yeah, Jared. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like if it makes you, if it makes you feel any better. I first watched this movie like less than a year ago. And when I watched it this time, it just felt like a brand new thing. Like I was like, I don't remember any of this. It's like I blocked it out because it's such nonsense that you're just like, oh, God, who cares? Uh, and, you know, I was thinking about as we're as I'm watching this, always, of course, thinking of my other podcast that I do with you, a podcast directed by. I'm like, I'm not Ugh. sure this one Ugh. makes the cut for Palma. I don't know if it makes the cut. Um. No, I can't <laughs> imagine even if we're cutting down to 10 that this is one of them. Uh as I said at the top of the show, it's also because he's like kind of going back over material that he's done much better before. So why would you go yeah. to this like Diet Coke version? Unless if you like Rebecca Romaine, there's right. some good stuff here. Yeah, I mean, there's hot people being hot in this movie. So if that's all you're wanting from it, it's okay. Except when they're together, like separately, they're both pretty hot and it's working. And then they have these supposed steamy scenes together. And you're like, how did you fuck this up? Like how did, Dude, how did this go so wrong? As an expert on uh, pornography, do you think De Palma mm. is, 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 is he like had enough dick shots where he's like, I'm gonna get Rebecca Romaine, she's gonna do a strip tease, but the man can't touch her. The man can't be in the frame, and we're gonna put Antonio Banderas, drape him in leather. <laughs> He'll show no skin whatsoever. No skin. There will be no male nipples on screen. Like, this is for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's his own personal one that he puts on at the house. <laughs> but as you're watching it, you're thinking, like, why even have Antonio Banderas then? Why not just have, like, Paul Giamatti as the paparazzi guy? Well, you just clearly... have to have somebody fight over her. I mean, if she's dancing on a pool table like that, that's the most logical thing that's going to happen. Is If there's two guys in the room, they automatically fight like they're a couple of chickens or something. But, Jared, wouldn't you rather see Paul Giamatti draped in a leather jacket <laughs> fighting oh, this be. dude? I would love having to see Rebecca Romaine like do the same routine with Paul Giamatti that she does with she Antonio did to Paul Giamatti. Ooh. You're a patsy, Paul. <laughs> Bald, balding Paul Giamatti with the cool slick back, like mm. paparazzi hair, and on his like motorcycle and like, making deals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's half a foot taller than him. It would just end up being that sequence we love from Sideways, Jared, where the guy actually in leather undresses himself, and he's just this huge man, and Paul Giamatti is having to fight a naked man who's, like, chasing that's, around his flaccid penis. That's what I thought you were going to go to, is that whole scene with them fighting over the leather. It's like, Mike's going to work in a joke about how they're both trying to fight each other, like, with their, like, crotches away from each other, like... <laughs> <laughs> like in a like in a wrestling clinch because they're both, they're both they're both torqued up, but <laughs> they want to fight, but they both have boners. <laughs> it would be a strange duel where the uh, I guess the weapon Ooh, of choice stop. there. <laughs> you're holding the gun off to the side so nothing too dangerous happens. Stop. <laughs> This is your Eastern Promises conversation <laughs> all over again. <laughs> Give me 15 minutes and then we'll fight. You stay right there. <laughs> I'm glad Dave recognizes that there is continuity in the show. That, you know, yeah, we, 
that we are the greatest movie podcast of all time. And it just so happens we only have about six topics that we like to discuss, <laughs> and we'll we'll graft them we'll onto any movie. Various body parts. Well-known <laughs> ground. You know the area. It's good to go. So I think that was our Femme Fatale episode. And uh, <clears throat> now it's time to get serious with a serious movie. Widows, Dave. <sighs> <laughs> the scotch on the rocks please any scotch will do as long as it's not a blend of course uh single malt glenlivet glenfiddich perhaps maybe a blend gown any glen i'm thirsty i want a beer what about you you want a beer just a drink, a martini, shaken not stirred. Solved our problem. What's this? This is Belle. She's fast, she's smart, and she can drive. Come on, we can't do this, the three of us. We need a driver. This is not your place. Please ask her to leave. I'm standing here. You can talk to me. I don't know you. You don't have to. I'm happy to leave right now. Wait, we need a driver. girl's happy to split your cut split our cut it's equal or nothing you vouch for her i don't require a vouch we're gonna need another gun i got my own you need to watch how you talk to me if you're in we need to get you started right away <laughs> <laughs>